Hello and welcome to the show. You know I'm so glad that you are here. And do you know who else I am just absolutely thrilled is here with me today in the co-host chair, the one and only Sharon Reed. Sharon, darling, how are Look you at this. doing? I'm looking around like who's she talking about? I'm honored to be on with you. I just love you so much. You know that. I just I, love this every time because I just I believe in you, a real one, and I'm just honored that you would. Maybe this will be the only chance I get to do the show, but no, you invited me on today. No, okay. not absolutely not. It was going to be many, many times, many times. Yes, just I, I adore you year. too, and yeah. for the local people, you remember Sharon Reed graced us with her presence here in oh. Cleveland for a very long time, bringing the news <laughs> like only Sharon Reed can. So we are. They so saw a lot of me. <laughs> they still, we absolutely okay. still love you. And you also are a contributor for Rebel HQ. Is there anything in your line of sight that you want to share with us today? Oh, I should probably keep it under wraps because I'm not finished with it yet. But I just, I'm still not past the State of the Union. Okay, Senator, it was just, it was like the best soap opera. I don't know if you could write to this, okay? Never mind. It affects the country and everything we're dealing with. But if you just wanted to sit back with some popcorn, that was appointment television. Oh yeah, it was. Well, I can't wait to see what else you put on top of this because I feel the same way. I could actually talk about it for the next two weeks, but I will spare our viewers that. So today, Sharon and I will talk to you about this dude. You all know when I say this dude, I really want to say something more strident than that, but Jesse, Whatever his last name is, that Jesse Waters for his audacity. Oh my God, we gonna need like five or six fire extinguishers for this story. Sharon and I may spend 30 minutes on this story just because of me. I'm, I'm, I'm feeling my anxiety build up right now. And in Turkey and Syria, the suffering still continues. There is a death toll of about 20 thousand people right now and it is still climbing unfortunately. And NBC and MSNBC workers rise up and they walk out today in solidarity with those who were laid off last week. And don't forget to subscribe. If you are not a subscriber, please subscribe. Call your friends and your frenemies. Let them know that one of the best hours of their day is being spent with us here on Unboss. Do that for me. And here we go. So Jesse Waters gave credit to slave owners, okay? I cannot make this it up. This is real. Watch this. Black labor in the South contributed to an enormous amount of wealth for these plantation owners. Black slavery built Southern railroads, ports, but not a lot of white people owned slaves in the South. And it was abolished in the North in like 1804. It was never even in the West. So yes, they contributed to building parts of America, but so did the Irish, the English, the Scotch, the Welsh, the Germans, everybody built America. And when you say who built something, well, who designed it? Who was the architect? Who financed it? Labor's just a part of it. So if we're going to have a conversation about reparations, which I'm open to since I'm 1% black. Yeah, that's true. And I might get a check. Jesse, uh, you have Jesse. to talk about it accurately. <laughs> <clears throat> I'm just trying to get myself together. I'm gonna have to do a live on this on my own uh, Twitter, uh, Sharon, because this <laughs> mofo right here, oh, all kinds of exclamation points, trivializing the atrocity of chattel 
slavery in the United States of America. I am about to levitate out of this chair. Let me tell you something, on Unboss, we don't play games. We show the requisite emotion for foolishness and mayhem. I wanna see, let me just go on and amp this up, cuz I'm gonna say this several times in this segment. All the folks that came for Kyrie Irving, every single institution, where you at NBA folks, all every of every one of you, every, all y'alls, as my grandmother would say, I want all y'alls who came for Kyrie to come and get this dude. Okay, let's just go and lay that out right here, right now. Let's put up this headline. I'm gonna have to give this to Sharon because let me tell you something. Yeah. Uh, put it on over here on me one more time, y'all. This is not big enough. I will debate that dude anywhere, anytime with his ignorant behind. Cause that is exactly what he is, ignorant. But you know what, ignorant is too nice for him. Yeah. Cause that ignorant is just too nice, the grift. And then all the other white hosts on there shaking their heads, nobody sitting up there checking this dude. Anyway, go ahead team, go on and put the headline back up. Just do it for me please. Fox News host says, people who financed it, meaning slavery, deserve credit for American infrastructure built by enslaved people. This is what this fool said, he is, the height, he represents the height of white supremacy and anti-blackness. And he's right out of the pages of the 15th century, 16th century, 19th century, 20th century. And some people rolling around like him right now, even in the 21st century, the dude fixed his mouth. And you know what, to quote my grandmother, cause Sharon, grandma used to always say, don't fix your mouth. He fixed his mouth to say this because it is open season on black folks. See, folks can get away, they can have their high profile jobs, say whatever they want to say about black people and continue to have their high profile jobs because nothing happens to them. Sharon, I just need you to step in here for me so I can just- You're doing fine, you were doing fine. Yes, and I loved every second of it and I couldn't agree more. I don't know what you're gonna debate him with, Senator. Won't be facts, you can't, you can't be armed with facts and, and show up and debate this guy. He's actually sitting on national television with a fat contract and a fatter mouth and he has a head injury. He's been wounded perpetually by American bigotry, racism, misogyny, all of it. He has a head injury that he will not recover from. And you're right, the awkward giggles, was that Judge Janine also yes. on the panel? Listen, they all look constipated when he began to spew his disgustingness. But this is what happened, Senator, and I'm gonna give it back to you. This is what the best advice I got coming into television was another anchor who said, just be you. Don't pretend to be anyone else, Sharon, just be you. And, and that way you'll win, lose, draw as yourself. This guy uh, grew up at the knee of Bill O'Reilly, right? That's really how he, remember, he would say little snarky frat boy stuff on the show and then he disappeared like the Roadrunner. He would just like jet off. And then Bill O'Reilly left, uh, remember he went on vacation, never came back. And then this guy is here with a platform. He doesn't even know what he's saying. He's just trying to get clicks and likes from his friends who wear those hoods. And it's really disgusting. Yeah, it is. See, they wear the hoods under the blue suits these days. Yeah. Yeah, that's what they tight do. Tight fit. Yeah, very tight fit. Mm -hmm. Sharon, we're gonna break this down part by part. So he talked about begging for reparations. Team, go ahead and put this up, cause we are gonna break this down for the folks. We about to undress this right here, right now. What are they preparing them for? 
They're preparing them to beg for reparations when they're older. This is laying the groundwork for these CRT cartoons on Disney Plus, is laying the groundwork for a younger generation of black Americans to black Americans to demand reparations when they're old enough to do so. Let's just go and straighten this dude on out. The black community, they don't have to beg for anything. We're we not gonna beg for reparations. We demand reparations and this country owes us reparations. See, had this country, when it was fighting the American Revolution, you know, when those folks were saying to the British Crown, y'all asking for too much, you're doing too much, you're not mm. treating us right, we want our freedom from you. See, they could have abolished slavery right then and there as they were forming this nation, but oh no. They thought it very prudent to keep slavery as a carryover. So while they were fighting for their freedom, let me calm down. While they were fighting for their freedom from the British crown, these mofos decided they were going to keep slavery. Okay, they kept it. And so they just gone and rolled that on over into the new creation known as the United States of America. About to break this down. So Jesse boy, and that's what I'm calling you. We ain't begging for nothing. We making a demand. And this country owes us. Had this country paid our ancestors the 40 acres and the mule, we wouldn't mm. be at this point. But since everybody else got reparations, people who weren't ever enslaved on this soil is chattel slavery, baby. Reparations are owed. So we ain't gonna beg. Our kids are not gonna beg. We not gonna beg. We are making a demand for the chattel slavery, which is a grievous injustice. So part two, go on, let's put this up. Yes, black labor in the South contributed to an enormous amount of wealth for these plantation owners. Black slavery built Southern railroad ports, but not a lot of white people owned slaves in the South. And it was abolished in the North like in 1804. First of all, y'all leave it up. You got your dates wrong, but I'm about to straighten you out, brother. Don't you see this is the behind whooping you were asking for. So you know, my grandmother used to say, be careful what you wish for, because sometimes you might get it. Cause ain't nobody cussed you out today, and that's what you want. It was never even in the West, so yes, they contributed. I mean, they, he talking to talking about black folks, our ancestors, sharing, like they ain't nothing. They contributed to building parts of America, but so did the Irish, the English, the Scottish, the Welsh, the Germans. Everybody built America. Okay, keep that up, team. Listen. I ain't got nothing to say about the Irish, the English, the Scottish, the Welsh, the Germans, or everybody else. But let me tell you what I'm about to say about black folks. In the words of one of my sisters, we built this joint for free by force. And none of them other groups, the English, the Scottish, the Welsh, the Germans, and everybody else, none of those other folks were chattel slavery, period, exclamation point, message in a bottle, on a train, and I might even put it on Southwest this time. We oh. built this joint. The nerve of you! He got a problem. You right, Sharon? He has a head injury. Injury, but I'm about to help this brother out. So to compare the experiences of enslaved Black people, first Africans, and then their and then their progeny. Something is wrong with you, Black folks, Africans first, and then their progeny was forced over here. These other groups you done laid out in this, they came over here on their own free will. So yeah, we built this joint for free by force. Lord have mercy on my black soul. So we're gonna keep on going with this. 
Put up the the next one. Because we're not done with this dude. Read that one for me, Sharon, because see, I'm about to break this all the way down for this fool right here. Well, I mean, it's just incredible. And when you say who built something, well, who designed it? Who was the architect? Who financed it? Labor's just a part of it. So if we're going to have a conversation about reparations, which I'm open to, it since I'm do I have to read that part? Okay, uh, 1% black, it says, and I'm sure he didn't really. I might get a check. You have to talk about it accurately. Is he preaching? Is he preaching? Is he preaching to you? What on earth? Desperately in need of CRT. Desperately in need of it. Black history, Sharon. We can do a pay per view, Jesse. Let's go and do it. You and me, brother. Anytime, anywhere. See, now all of the economic lovers of this country preyed upon and relied upon slave labor like oxygen, like we as human beings rely upon oxygen to breathe. The United States would not be the hegemonic nation it is without the forced labor of black people who were enslaved in this country. It was exploitation of black hearts, black minds, and black bodies. And so although you seek to minimize the enslavement of Africans and then their descendants, we ain't gonna let you. Let me break you down. See the trans-American slave trade, about 12 million Africans. We don't even have a total accurate account. It's probably higher than that. But I'm gonna break it down for you, brother. And of that, about 600,000 of them came to what is known as the United States of America, only 5% to the United States of America. Now the slave trade closed, dude, The domestic slave trade, or excuse me, the international slave trade closed in America in 1808. But enslaved people were still breeding in this country. Black folks were still put on auction blocks in this country. Even though they decided not to get them directly anymore from the continent, there were still people smuggling them in anyway do and if you knew anything about american history you know that slavery was not abolished until the 13th amendment of the constitution of these united states of america in 1865 let me break it down for you and all you got to do is google it if you really wanted to know but you don't want to know all you want to do is spew your anti-black white supremacy hatred i'm going to repeat this again all of the people who came for Kyrie better come for this man Each and every one of the folks that air a commercial, all these corporations that sponsor his show, black folks and those who are allies, we need to boycott these folks. Because y'all, what y'all did to Kyrie, y'all tried to make that black man grovel. And where are you, Senator Chuck Schumer? Because you said you couldn't support that team as long as Kyrie was on the team, where they done traded him now. How you feeling about what what Jesse just said on national TV? Fox, come and get your boy. Come and get your boy. We not done with this. Chan, I'm not done with this dude right here. So much more to go. First of all, he's stupid. As hell, this ain't even ignorance. He just stupid. And the fact that you, again, quoting grandma, fixed your mouth to trivialize such human rights atrocities tells us every single thing that we need to know about you, Jesse boy. Every single thing that we need to know about you and your elk. Yeah, baby, you are wearing that tight suit that Sharon mentioned, the white sheet 
is under it. And we can't make no bones about what you just did. You are a white supremacist, anti-black racist is what you are. And all the organizations again, and you know what? I just might talk about this every day on Unboss. Cause y'all shouldn't have came for Kyrie the way that y'all did. The man apologized, y'all still made him grovel like he a little child, like, like his life don't matter. That's what y'all did. So Jesse Waters, Waiters or whatever the hell his name is, at this point I don't care, just said that the people who finance slavery should get credit for building this country. Slavery was a stain on this country. And the ripple effects of it can still be felt to this day. Let's go on and put up this excerpt from the book, The Underground Railroad. This sums it up, Sharon, I want your thoughts on this. This is in the book, Colson Whitehead, The Underground Railroad. I recognize, I recommend that people go ahead and buy this book. If the N word, okay, were supposed to have their freedom, they wouldn't be in chains. If the red man was supposed to keep hold of his land, It'll still be his. If the white man wasn't destined to take this new world, he wouldn't own it now. Here was the true great spirit, the divine thread connecting all human endeavors. If you can keep it, it's yours, your property, slave, or continent. The American imperative. Again, thank you, Colson Whitehead. In the book, The Underground Railroad. Now, there's so many others that I could have pulled out, but I think this one summarizes the mentality of Jesse and those three co hosts that were sitting there, he, he, and ha ha with him. Nobody challenging his cavalier attitude that he had about shadow slavery before this country became the United States of America and then after it was the United States of America, all the way to 1865 and then after that we still had black codes and Jim Crow we had to navigate. Hello somebody, because between 1865 and 1964 and 1965, a hundred years before the Civil Rights Act and the Voting Rights Act in this country. This dude right here, he needs to go Fox. So again, I wanna see all the protests. I want to see folks calling for this dude to be off the air. Y'all need to boycott the corporations that advertise on his network. How dare he? We're going to really see whether or not Black Lives Matter. We already know the answer. This man makes millions of dollars and he's as dumb as a box of rocks. And that's an insult to the box of rocks. Sharon, I'm going to let you have the last word on this. What, what more is there to say except the anger is so necessary? We have allowed this filth this filth to be carried out and just drummed out this trash for people to consume. What was that? Somebody wrote that and produced that, Senator? Did someone get paid to produce this programming that has such a low bar? The threshold is so low for this one and it's just sickening. I don't know how you recover from this, I don't know how you Go to church if that's what you want to do. I don't know how you go to the grocery store, frankly, speaking like this. And for everybody who, see, while you were talking, see, I was listening, okay, because that's school, Senator. But I was also looking up the sponsors because you're on to something. I, I don't like to take money 
off of uh, out of people's wallets, food off their table. But in this regard, if you want to walk with trash, walk with trash. I don't want to do it, and I don't want to buy a single thing that you produce if this is what you're choosing to spend your ad dollars on. Not a single thing. Yeah, thank you for that, Sharon. I'm telling you this. I'm I'm definitely not gonna let this go. The man said it because he has no fear that anything is gonna happen to him. None. And this is what happens when people attack the black community on this magnitude. We're not just talking about one individual. When we talk about systemic racism and bigotry and anti-blackness, he is the personification of what we're talking about right there. He just cavalierly said all that mess that he said because he knows there will not be a consequence. And Sharon, you hit another nail on the head. Who wrote it? Who hired him said it was okay for him to put this filth on, on, on TV, on Fox? Somebody approved it, they thought it was okay. You know why they thought it was okay, America? Because throughout the history of this country, it's been all right to just drag black folks and minimize what we brought to the table and our suffering and our pain, just drag us all around. Black lives really do not matter in this country. And we are reminded of it in various ways, socially, economically, politically, you name it, racially, we're reminded on a regular basis, this dude right here, there needs to be some consequences and some repercussions in his pocketbook and those of the corporate sponsors for his show. Some heads need to roll for this. All right, so I want y'all to put out all that Kyrie Irving energy y'all had. We'll be back after this. I'm gonna try to recover in this brief break. I, I don't think I will, but we'll come back after this. Welcome back to the show. I'm not calm and I'm not okay. I'm not calm, I'm not cool, I'm not collected. So I'm not gonna play games with this like some people would on their shows. That like this is okay what this man did. It is not okay what he did. And we're gonna keep talking about it. Like whenever I feel like talking about it, we're gonna talk about it. Again, all the folks that came for Kyrie, I need y'all to come on and come for Jesse. We're gonna be watching you. We're gonna go to the TYT members directly. Y'all help calm my nerves a little bit. Hoover, hey Hoover, how you doing, darling? The fact that Fox gets to legally file its file itself as a quote unquote news outlet is a representation of the American psychosis. It's why I have to chuckle at we've made so much progress. And Hoover put that in quotation marks too. Utter uttered from neolibs and GOP. Jesse and his executives and the politicians who jump on the Fox each and every night have got the mindset of plantation owners, except they're in the 21st century with a teleprompter and getting paid much more for it. You better say that Hoover, exclamation point on that baby, you did that. And on Twitch, Sylvia, hi Sylvia, Nina and Sharon, question mark. Now this is a beautiful show ahead. I, I know like that's her. right, mentally, spiritually, and physically. I know, yes. yes, Sylvia, thank you, darling. And Risa, hello everybody, Nina is on fire. Mm-hmm. Baby, I'm about to combust, okay? But don't you worry, baby, I got a stunt double. <laughs> she ready to take my place. Y'all can't get rid of me that fast. And on YouTube Super Chat, Winston, two of my favorite women. Aww. Aww. Thank you, Wendy. I feel like this is a good tag team. You know, I wasn't a big wrestling fan, Senator, but then you could, and then I tap out, then you're in, and you know, we just keep just keep going at them. Yeah, we make we can make that happen for real. We doing it today. And Roy, two female black queens, salute to these ladies. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Roy. To Thank you so much. Thank. 
to each and every one of you. You know, you guys Sharon and I, we just we appreciate you so very much. We appreciate your support of TYT Network and definitely appreciate your support of Unbossed. I'm trying to bring it back in, y'all. I am just going to, you know how when those drug commercials come on and they had that fine, fine print that you can't read. I'm gonna make sure you can read the fine print on me. I am not okay. All right. And I just may combust or jump back to Jesse at any moment. So I'm just going and warn y'all right now. We are going to go into Syria and Turkey. More shattering news out of Syria and Turkey. Today, this morning, the death toll has reached over 20,000 lives and climbing, unfortunately. And here are the latest numbers from the deadly earthquakes. Over 20,000 people dead, 64,000, over 64,000 people injured in Turkey. Turkey received aid from 95 countries, 650 aftershocks since the two earthquakes, and hundreds of thousands of people who are homeless. Now, experts have said the casualty figures are expected to continue to rise, and certainly that is no, that is not a surprise to any of us. Definitely heartbreaking. And a Reuters report shed some light on the hundreds of thousands of people who are made homeless from this. Let's put this up. Turkey turns to tents and tourist resorts to house quake homeless. So sad, so sad. Oh my God. And here are some facts about the displaced situation that is going on. We're gonna share that with you and talk about it. Survivors left without shelter in the middle of winter. We gotta keep in mind it's really cold out there right now. Summer beach resorts open early to house the homeless and 10,000 hotel rooms allocated for survivors so far. Uh, Sharon, this is definitely gut wrenching. It really is, uh, Senator, and it's just to see them, one, rescuing people who are so hurt, so injured, but lucky to be alive. And then the other part of that, the breakdown, the emotional crush that occurs instantly um, from those who are left behind who realize that their loved ones are not coming back. They don't have the resources to even try to help some people who may still be there. Um, it's just, it's gut-wrenching. It's absolutely gut-wrenching. Yeah, it is. I mean, this is definitely a side moment. So for those who send thoughts and prayers, please do so. And there are thoughts and prayers and some actions, some organizations you can make donations to, but this is heavy stuff. And But by the grace of God, it could have been us over here in the United States of America. And you know, but with the sadness does come small specks of hope as multiple children have been pulled from the rubble alive. Can you imagine being stuck in that rubble and not knowing whether or not you're gonna make it and then you make it. And and if you were a child, I just can't even imagine. But let uh, Take a look at this with us. My God, that little baby was pulled out of that rubble. And you could see like just his face. I mean, just look at his face. You wouldn't even think that he had just been through that traumatic experience. But can you imagine? How many days that he might have been down there, not knowing whether or not he would be found alive? And he's just a little boy, just a little baby. I mean, I just, 
I can't even imagine, but looking at his face, it's like, oh, just another day. It is not just another day. What is happening in his country will have impacts on him for the rest of his life, but that is indeed a glimmer of hope. And then this right here in the UK, the disaster emergency. So we can, you know, help. How can we help? In the UK, the Disaster Emergency Committee, DEC, is coordinating a joint rapid response by 14 charities, including the British Red Cross. Oxfam and Save the Children. The UK government has promised to match the first, whatever that denomination is right there, donated by the public. So the pound, they're gonna donate. They will match in pounds what is donated. So please, 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 if you can, definitely make a donation. Sharon, your thoughts? They need everything, and I remember one of the first, um, you know, when this was breaking news, Senator. One of the first uh, interviews, impromptu postings, really. I think they got it off of social media. I saw was from a man who was just trying to help dig people out, and he was begging, "Please, the international community has to help us. Please help us." Almost like saying, "I'm begging you. Our kids matter too. Our families matter too. Will you help us?" And it's just to. To hear the pleas and the helplessness and fading hope for some. You know, I hope that there's many more who are rescued and who get to um, emerge from this. But again, when you when you showed that picture of that child, yeah. yes, for the rest of their life, they will remember this. What are they coming out to? The fear of, of being buried alive. Sure. Are they, and who are they coming out to? Yeah, just unbelievable. But just he had all kinds of hope in his eyes, even though he was just doing a traumatic experience. Mm-hmm. And team, I think we have a graphic, right, to show where people can donate. Can we put that up? The Turkish Syria earthquake appeal. And we all know, I think everybody knows by now that this is happening. So please, if you want to donate, you can absolutely donate. Do that if you can. It doesn't take a whole lot of money. Uh, there's an African proverb, many hands make for light work. If just everybody, all of us donate a little, that adds up to a lot. Oh my God. Now we're coming back home to domestic issues. There's a lawsuit that has been filed against the NFL. As you prepare to watch the Super Bowl, and we know that there's a lot to celebrate, a lot of history being made from the first Super Bowl with two African American quarterbacks. The Super Bowl has an African American woman coach. And also, there are two hometown brothers sparring against one another in this Super Bowl, which we'll talk a little bit about. A little more about on tomorrow. Yeah, a lot to celebrate, but other things are happening as well. It's important to, to remember that these players are sacrificing their health. You know, one 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 false move, and things do can go awry. And if NFL seems unwilling or willing to ignore just what the consequences could be for these players. Former NFL players sue over disability claims, accused plan of quote, disturbing denials. So we're gonna go a little deeper on this. 10 retired NFL players sued the league's benefits plan, its board of trustees and commissioner Roger Goodell in federal court Thursday, accusing them of displaying an overly aggressive and disturbing pattern of erroneous and arbitrary benefit denials, bad faith, contract misinterpretations, and other unscrupulous tactics to wrongfully deny 
disability claims. This reporting is coming from the Washington Post. In an effort to suppress disability costs, it always comes back to money, doesn't it? The lawsuit alleges the NFL plan, which is jointly managed and funded by the league and the NFL Players Association, routinely steers players to financially biased doctors, some of whom collect hundreds of thousands per year from the plan and who at at exceedingly high rates fail to find players are disabled. My God, when players appeals appeal denied disability claims, the lawsuit claims the plans a board has ignored federal law requiring them to fairly review all evidence and instead overly relies on the opinion of these biased doctors as well as inaccurate case summaries prepared by the plans law firm. And one more point, in a news release, Eric Smith, a defensive back for the New York Jets from 2006 through 2012 and another of the named plaintiffs termed the allegations about the league's disability plan, quote, yet another example of the NFL's betrayal of its players once we are no longer on the field and making them money, end quote. Sharon, that's a powerful comment from Eric Smith and I feel that. The NFL, as you know, we get lost in which quarterback we're going to root for and which team. You know, I grew up right outside of Philly, so Eagles. It's so sick. It's so disgusting to me. When people say this is modern day slavery, there's a reason they say it, okay? You just gave us a clinic on Jesse and his ignorant comments about who built this country and who should get credit for doing so. But with the NFL and their collusion, which we all know they know something about, and their criminality is what it looks like. It looks like criminality here, that they're just all over the place and doing this little dance, like you know, this a narcissistic lover who can never admit that I caught you, okay? I heard you, okay? It is so sick. To use someone up in this manner, and then when they turn, I don't know, the ripe age of 29 if you're running back, you know that Damar Hamlin, Senator, didn't we watch someone who was a heartbeat away from death? And this is what you're doing. So when Roger Goodell makes a hostage video in the basement, forced, it looked like someone was over there with all kinds of weapons threatening him to say Black Lives Matter. a hostage video. You can't believe it because this is what he's doing. He's got like one hand behind his back, fingers crossed. And this is how he's treating these players who are largely brown players. They're black and brown players. And we already know how they manipulated some of the data before, right? And said, well, these players aren't as smart. And so we're going to call it this and that and all kinds of just filth. Yes. It's hard to stomach. It's hard to stomach. Yeah, it is, Sharon. I mean, you you definitely laid it out. That one hand behind the back. They don't mean it because if they meant no. it, their actions would show that they meant it, but they do not mean it. Most of the players in the NFL are black and most of the owners in the NFL are white. So it's all lopsided. And the notion that it's an owner-based system. You know, even though these players are certainly being paid and being paid very well, that does not negate the fact that they should be, their health should be looked after. And this league should do so with great pride. 
They should take pride in taking care of these players. And Smith laid it out. Look, when we no longer making you money, you don't you don't care about us. That is eerily similar to the slave, to the slave trade. Yeah, very much so. Um, so let's put up this headline. The money is the bottom line for this league. Study NFL sponsorship revenue hits 2.7 billion for the 2022-23. Good God almighty. And the lawsuit is one of the many the NFL has faced and still faces. Among the attorneys leading the suit is Christopher Seeger, a veteran of of several major class action cases, including the case against the NFL filed by thousands of former players starting in 2012, alleging the league failed to protect them from the dangers of concussions. We know that to be true. They, one of the doctors, this doctor that brought it to light, they really they ruined this man's career because he was telling the truth. See, truth tellers, there's a consequence for telling the truth in this society. They will come after you. The case settlement, which is ongoing, has paid out more than one billion to the NFL retirees suffering from dementia and other brain diseases linked to repetitive head trauma. And you know what? There's not enough money on the earth to pay somebody for that kind of damage to their brains and to their bodies. And the NFL knows this happens, and yet they still want to continue to act brand new. And given nearly 70% of the players are black, racial discrimination plays definitely a role. Take a look at this report from ABC News last year detailing the story of former NFL player Kevin Henry. Henry and his wife Pam say life has become a constant struggle, marked by depression, memory loss, and bouts of anger. All symptoms associated with dementia related illnesses, which Henry believes stem from repeated blows to the head. Henry was further devastated after his claim for compensation through the NFL's concussion settlement program was denied. Henry and another former player, Najee Davenport, are talking about their lawsuit, accusing the NFL of avoiding paying head injury claims based on a formula that discriminates on race. That formula assumes that black players start at a lower cognitive level than white players. Critics say the practice widely known as race norming, makes it harder for black players to qualify for compensation. The league calls the lawsuit entirely misguided. Yeah, of course they did. Sharon, you just talked about that. That's exactly what you just talked about. It's just so difficult, you know, as you watch that, no fans cheering, no any given Sunday, just tortured in your own body. Have you ever been on an NFL sideline center? I have. I spent some time as an NFL reporter, a sideline reporter. And I can tell you that the first time I heard a collision, bodies colliding, I never heard anything like this in my life. It is a car crash, okay? I love sports, I played sports, I love sports. It should not be. And for Roger Goodell to make all the money he makes and the owners to make all the money they make and to have something ignorant called race norming, which is what I was referring to and couldn't yes. recall the name. <laughs> it's just, who are you and how do you sleep? How do you live in your own head knowing this is who you are? This is who yeah. you are. Stunning. And listen, Chair and I are not telling people to cheer, enjoy the Super Bowl, enjoy football, but we should be cognizant of what is happening to these players and make some demands. Since this league makes its money from the fans, the fans have the power to make some demands. So we really care about these players. We need to pay attention to what matters to them and make some demands. And if those demands are not met, boycott. 
stand in solidarity with these players that who have given their bodies to this sport and they're being treated like a nothing. And then race once again plays a role because this is America. On the striking workers, NBC and MSNBC workers are striking. They rise up. Take a look at this. And of reporters, editors, producers, and staffers of NBC News Digital. And we have been working for more than a thousand days without a contract. When we first organized this union to have a say in the workplace policies that affect us, Donald Trump was still president. No one had heard of COVID-19. Since then, we've covered an insurrection, a pandemic, a war in Ukraine, election after election, and everything else that's happened over the last two years. All without a contract. All without a contract. All without a contract. We've won awards, Emmys, Webbies, and Peabody's. Shattered viewership records and launched a massively successful streaming channel. But we've done that work without the critical union protections that we organized to secure. Without a contract, they laid that out. They did three years without a contract. Let's put up this tweet from More Perfect Union, breaking over 200 workers who make NBC News, MSNBC, and Today Show have walked off the job. The NBC News Guild says they're on strike today in response to NBC's illegal firing of union members and refusal to agree to a fair labor contract after three years of negotiation. It took take you no know, three years. My two toddlers could get a negotiation done in a matter of minutes. Okay. And these fools can't even, I mean, taking them three years. And here are the details about the situation. The NBC Guild comprising digital reporters, editors, designers, video journalists, animators, and social media strategists have been locked in uh, locked in contract negotiations with the company's management ever since its 2019 founding. The NBC News Digital Union has filed an unfair labor charge with the neighbor, uh, National Labor Relations Board over the cuts, which it describes as abrupt and illegal, as well as a claim that some digital staffers for MSNBC were told by management that they were no longer part of the union. I mean, Sharon, you, sir, I mean, your journalism career, you've been in moments, know of colleagues, I'm sure, that have been. In moments, what's kind of your take on what's happening? Um, uh, not just with journalists across, but the labor across the country, whether it's nurses, journalists, uh, people are Amazon, Starbucks, the workforce is rising up and fighting for their rights. Yeah, they are because I'm going to tell you something. There's there's too much coziness, too much consolidation, and too much. What's going to really happen here? Okay, because we know that the laws protect these corporations and protect their payouts and their stock options. And just the disparity between the haves and the have nots is just, we gotta come up with a different way to phrase it, okay? Because they know that they can get away with this. In some cases, some would argue, and I don't know about in this case, that their unions are a little too cozy. They're a little too comfortable. Yes. When are you going to say, we're done here, three years? Three years? When when do you just say everything's gonna stop? But then there's oh, automation and other things that you have to talk about because you've been replaced by a machine. It's sick. And for NBC to release the statement they did, the parent company, that hey, uh, we're saddened. We've been attempting to negotiate in good faith. And uh, well, they're misrepresenting. Well, they're misrepresenting. I don't know why you hire people as journalists, because they're all journalists who aren't telling the truth, because they are telling the truth. They're telling the truth. 
That's right, Sharon. Oh my God, you laid that so so well. Yeah, that was they cover their own behind. Uh, they being the network itself. To which the workers responded, team, put that up. Our ask is really simple. It's follow the law and respect your employees. They're not asking too much. They're not reaching too high. A lot of people in our newsroom are asking, how are we supposed to act like we are holding power to account if our employers are repeatedly violating federal labor law? Mm. I mean, Sharon, you just sum that up. I mean, that's exactly what you, the workers are saying the same thing. What are we lying? We're journalists here. And now you're trying to say that we're lying. No, cover your own behind. Uh, Listen, MSNBC, NBC, all all the above is real easy. Working good faith with the workers is real simple. This ain't rocket science here. Y'all I would this. like Senator for what's that show? Is it Meet the Press? Yes. You know, I know I don't like to call out other shows, but could could someone from the administration, you know, maybe deals with labor, show up and question NBC for what they're doing here and how they're allegedly breaking federal law? Yeah. Maybe this, you are the story. You're That's the story, you. NBC. It's you. You're That's the headline here. You're the story. You're the headline. That is a great idea. They need to have that as a headline story on Meet the Press this Sunday. Let's let's wait and see if they do that. <laughs> now we must solve the deadly policing. Former Ohio Governor John Kasich and I, you know, we did a little dance. We danced from time to time when I was in the General Assembly. We joust often. But we did come together when a serious situation happened. Sharon, I know you remember this when 2014 young Tamir Rice, 12 years old, was shot on a playground in Cleveland. And the governor and I came together, long story less long, called up the governor. Governor, we gotta do something about this. Senator, come on in and see me. And we put aside all that fighting that we were doing on other issues to come together to try to make some change. And in the face of what just happened in Memphis, the governor and I teamed up again with Nop-Ed. Take a look at this headline, if you will, with me, please. America must solve our deadly community police problem. Yeah, we must. And some of the highlights of that op-ed, the brutal death of Tyree Nichols has provoked many expressions of outrage from across the world. But one word from Memphis Police Chief Davis perhaps describes it best, inhumane. With Tyree's beating, we were, we were eyewitnesses to shameful acts made all the worse because they came at the hands of police officers sworn to serve and protect their community, serve and protect. We can't begin to count the human and public policy failures behind this tragic irony in those words. We go on less than 10 years ago in Ohio, and I was explaining to you guys when he was a senator, I mean, he was governor, I was senator, and the shooting of young Tamir Rice on that playground, the governor and I definitely came together along with other leaders in this community to find a way to make sure that the voices of the people who were hurting, not the people with the uniforms on, not the people with the fancy titles, but the voices of big mama and big papas and hoods where they are misunderstood that their voices were heard. I'm paraphrasing that right there. And then we began the process of pulling together a truly diverse cross section of Ohioans, including community leaders, local citizens, law enforcement officials, and the task force. We traveled all across the country to hear what the people of the state had to say about the pain that they were feeling, et cetera, et cetera. I encourage you to go and read this op-ed, it is in the heel. 
Certainly, if I were asked, Sharon, what were some of the greatest things that I was able to accomplish, you know, in that Ohio Senate, and I would certainly say that this was one of them. Now, the task force, there's many, much more work that has to be done. It was a beginning, not an ending. But what did not happen in Cleveland? No violence took place because people's voices were heard. We understood that their voices needed to be heard. We went to them, they didn't have to come to us. We went all over this state and that is what leaders who really are driven to try to solve problems should do and we did. That's why I love you. That that right there is, is why I love you because it's so authentic. When you talk about meeting people where they are and going into the community, that's this whole national message about the George Floyd Justice and Policing Act. Senator, I apologize, it's built on a lie. None of that could have saved Tamir Rice, Tyree Nichols. None of it would have saved them, okay? Because we're talking about the federal police did not shoot Tamir Rice in less than two seconds. 1.6 seconds is something that's stuck in my mind. I believe that's what it was. So this has to stop. But what we get constantly is the okie doke. And what you did with then Governor Kasich was remarkable because you didn't agree on any policy things. But you could come together and say, you know what, you're a human, I'm a human. And a 14 year old boy should not die at the hands of police in 1.6 seconds. That's it. I mean, that's really what we did. And we put aside all the fighting because we can, we can fight after this. You know, people know. He's a conservative Republican. I'm a progressive Democrat. We get we get that. You know, Sharon, it kills me. Like, there's nothing special about a Democrat and a Republican fighting. That's what we do. But when you can come together, the gut wrenching, you know, uh, uh, Miss Rice, you know, what she was going through at the death of her son, you know, the aches and the pains that black mamas and black daddies were having, saying to themselves, that could have been my son on that playground. You don't need politicians to play games. We ain't have to give no big speech, none of that. Governor, this is the thing. And you know, when I reached out to the governor, I said, Governor, I'm calling you as a black mama. I ain't calling you as a state senator. That part. Because I got part. a black son. Come on. That's And what the thing was. about it is money can't care. Every, I'm a parent, you're a parent. Money, poor, well off. When you're black and there's a police encounter, even the talk, you know, I'm fighting with people online. Well, maybe he shouldn't have run. He was running from brutal, disgusting murderers. Tyree Nichols was again. The mafia doesn't even do it. They're swifter in their action than this. Mm. He's running from killers. What do you expect? And staying wasn't going to save him. That's it. Staying wasn't going to save him. Okay, so this whole notion that we can coach our kids and and in the old days, you know, beat our kids so that they'll know that this is what's out there, and you gotta, we gotta protect you, and we gotta rough you up in here so you'll be ready out there. It's you have to change my no amount of anti-bias training. Stop it. Either you care about people and you respect humans and see them as humans, or you don't. That's it, Sharon. Absolutely. And although I look, train train away, but you're absolutely right. That malice that those men had in their hearts spilled out onto Tyree Nichols' body. No amount of training could have changed what they did to that young man on that day. The five plus the one they tried to hide. And no, the, here's the right. thing, Senator. This is why we need more of you. This is why. Because I'm gonna tell you something. The Memphis police chief 
got a cuddle. She was cuddled, a nice little cuddle by the national media. Instead of asking her day one, what did you do? What did you know? How many complaints, how many were founded? How many were unfounded? It's a dirty secret. Mayors want crime to stop, so they bring in this brute force. They tell the police chief, I'll just look the other way, get it done, lower crime rates. And they go and they brutalize people who don't deserve it, didn't ask for it, and they're not the judge and jury here. That's it. That's what we got courts for. It's supposed to arrest people. For, for the, and we know there's some outliers, arrest people and let them have their day in court. Oh my God, Sharon. Kyle so Rittenhouse much. Got. Mm. Yes, there it is. There it is. And team, the last one, can you guys put up the last uh, part of the article? What's needed is a change of culture, a new way of thinking in which people are respected because they are heard, a community in which solutions are forged and actions are taken. Equally vital is active participation by every part of the community in every stage of the process. Only when everyone feels that they have, they've had a meaningful and continuing role can Everyone in the community see the benefits. That was written by yours truly and Governor Brilliant. John Casey. Please go and read it. Those are just excerpts from it. Sharon, it has been an absolute pleasure to have you on Unbossed today. Cannot wait to have you back on the show. And we went deep today. I mean, this yeah. is no fluff stuff today. It was necessary. It, it was worked. necessary. And I'm glad that you schooled us all and reminded us all. And again, anger is necessary sometimes to that passion. It can't be overlooked, Senator. I appreciate you so much. Thank you. I appreciate you very much as well. And yeah, righteous indignation is needed in moments like this. And that is our time today with you. Thank you so much for joining us on Unboss. Again, please tell your friends and your frenemies that this is one of the best hours of their day to join us on Unboss. So go back and subscribe on YouTube. You know what I want you to do about this time? I want you to definitely, definitely, definitely keep the faith, but more importantly, keep the fight. Until next time. Thanks for listening to Unbossed. If you like the show, then you'll enjoy our other podcasts on TYT Network like The Damage Report with John Iderola, Indisputable with Dr. Rashad Ritchie, and The Young Turks. Make sure to listen and follow, and if you like what you hear, give us a five-star rating.